Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Just having one of the busiest, most impossible Monday mornings of all time, I guess, like everyone else. It's a Monday. It is, man. It's tough. But welcome into the podcast, the only podcast that slaps harder than Juwan Howard in a post-game handshake line. <laughs> Jimmy, listen, I mean, we can sort of start right there. Uh, I did an uh, individual video, sort of a solo video, after um, the Alabama-Kentucky game the other day and talked about it a little bit. They were, look, Alabama uh, – screwed that up. I mean, this is not a breeze, cost us a game, anything like that. We played uh, piss poor defense down the stretch. But Kentucky was hot as a firecracker, too. When their guys have uh, errant passes that bounce off the butt of one player, that that respective player picks up the ball and just jacks a three without even barely looking and nails it. It's not going to be your day. (laughs) Kentucky is also better than Alabama. They're a better team than Alabama, even with two guards being out. The the starting two guards for Kentucky being out. And Oscar Shibwe, to me, is the offensive – well, excuse me. Oscar Shibwe is the player of the year in both the SEC right. and nationally. I'm fine with all that. I, and, again, some uh, I was fine with this, but some Kentucky fans took issue with my discussion of Calipari and uh, his run-in with the officials, which I still think is BS. And I'm, I'm going to put the – I'm trying something new here, Jimmy. Let's see if it works. I put the picture up. I was able to do Look it. You. Look at Look me. At you. Getting all techy, but now even again, even properly crediting uh, CBS and SEC with the uh, photo in the upper right corner, which I believe is uh, important. I, I did not mean to do that, but I'm glad but, it did. But. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to give anybody any credit. I want to take all the credit for this because I was able to do it, and um, I think that's important. But now I'm impressed. Kentucky fans, Kentucky fans will be quick to tell you that John Adams, the referee, was the one who walked up to Calipari and reviewing the video. They are correct. But look at this. Calipari is leaning into him, and their heads are touching. If they're not touching, they're they're so close to touching, it's almost sensual. Um, it is a love story. It's a love story. It is a love story, and love is love. But this cannot happen where that something like that goes down, and there's no technical given. Um, especially when, look, I was totally fine with Darius Miles getting a tech for his, I don't, I wouldn't have called it a flagrant, but I mean, he, he sort of gave a, a mild love tap in the face of another guy who was jawing with him. You can't do that. Can't do that. Darius Miles. It was, uh, it affected the game. It was something very stupid. He should have been teched for it or whatever he got. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I didn't really understand why we got the ball back. I mean, Again, sometimes with technicals, uh, the rules just seem ambiguous at times. And But anyway, I mean, I understand they shot two free throws. I, I would have given them two free throws in the ball, to be quite honest with you. However, there's no other coach in this league, dare I say in this country, that is able to do what John Calipari did and get away with it. And you can say, again, John Adams came up to him. That's fine. That's fine. It. I think it's Calipari's duty to not 
lean into him that way and touch foreheads. I think that's his duty. And I think um, it's also just right. like his Juwan's hair, uh, Juwan Howard's duty to not open face slap another human being, regardless of the fact I've seen the tweets about, well, he grabbed him. And if you, if you grab somebody, first of all, he didn't really uh, coach guard for Wisconsin, didn't really grab him. He sort of got his arm and, and was uh, that you could tell there had been some words saying, and I think guard wanted to explain his position. Guard shouldn't have done that. I'm fine with guard being suspended a game. Have no problem with it if that happens. Juwan Howard should not coach basketball again this year. Now, I'm fine if they fire him. It, it, I'd forgotten about the run-in with Mark Turgeon last year. Juwan Howard has an anger management issue that is obvious as, as the day is long. You can't do that. Again, I've also seen guys like Dickie V, who's a basketball god, say things like, let's get rid of the handshake line. Really? We can't be adults? We – you can't be an adult for five minutes. Coaches lose their minds when a player uh, gets into a fight or gets into a kerfuffle on the on the uh, court. And you know what they always say? You got to keep your emotions in check. And then we can't ask the coaches to do it when the game is over. And also, Jawan Howard, quit pressing when you're down a gazillion. If you don't want the other coach to call a timeout, if his subs can't get it over the line, pressing with your starters, by the way. Yeah, there's that's a lot to unpack there, Luke. That's 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 a lot to address. Uh, I, I just feel slightly differently about the text. Just in look, I think I I was upset that Calipari didn't get a technical for two reasons. Number one, I thought what Calipari did was worse than what Darius Miles did. Uh, True. I, I don't I don't understand. It, it just seemed that contact with an official arguing with an official to that extent uh, that blatantly and, and disrespectfully uh, to me was far worse than, than Darius miles uh, uh, mouse fart contact with the, the, the Kentucky guy who, who was hand fighting with him, uh, you know, as well. Uh, and, and then on top of Oates being ejected, the, the game before for seemingly less than what Calipari did and didn't even get one tech. I'm just real confused by what the officiating is. I say eject Oates, tee up Cal, tee up Miles, fine, or none of it, or don't eject Oates. Don't don't give Cal, Cal a tech. Don't give Miles a tech. But, but don't just pick and choose. It just seems so random and stupid is my problem with it is – the lack of consistency in the officiating, which has obviously been a big deal all over the country. They addressed it on game day Saturday morning, and then then we saw it, you know, on, on full display there, which is a complete inconsistency in how they're calling these things. Um, you know, as far as Juwan goes, I mean, to me, it's more simple than complicated. Um, I think uh, it is up to the Big Ten to suspend Juwan Howard for a significant uh, time period. I don't even like one game myself for that. Oh. I mean, I think he should be suspended by the Big Ten Conference for maybe three games oh, uh, to, send, just to send a message, you know, that that, that that you can't do that and then coach in this and, and, and think that we're not going to give a significant punishment. Uh, and then I think Michigan should uh, consider firing him. Uh, that's up to Michigan. I'm not going to uh, criticize Michigan for not firing him. 
nor am I going to criticize Michigan for firing him. I, I think that's just a Michigan decision, and whatever they do, that's fine. But uh, I'm more interested in, in the Big Ten, which does not employ Juwan Howard. They tolerate his, his behavior, or they don't. And I, I think uh, the Big Ten uh, should suspend him for multiple games. And uh, as far as guard goes, uh, I mean, he, he doesn't have a suspension coming. Uh, he doesn't have a suspension coming. He didn't do anything that merits any sort of suspension or punishment. But uh, but I, I'm putting him now on on my list of uh, butthole coaches. I mean, okay. I, 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 I mean, I, I will look at him differently in a in a negative fashion for for his for what he did too. But it, it's not a suspension. You don't get fired. It's just like, well, welcome to the list of buttholes. Well, well, first of all, I'm impressed you have that list. Um, <laughs> too, it gets longer all the time. Uh, secondly, um, hey, we're both on it too, by the way. Yeah, well, the list is named after us. Um, but uh, anyway, you know what? I'm also what also happened almost immediately after this was the let's figure out why this happened. You know, because because guard grab. Okay, Jawan Howard hits an assistant because he was really arguing with Coach from Wisconsin who had grabbed his arm. It wasn't really a grab, but he, you're not supposed to impede somebody when they're angry like that. And also because he called the timeout because I'm tired of going back to the root of every single problem. I, I like what you said. Keep it simple. You can't hit somebody as a coach. Be an adult. And if you can't do that, you don't need to be coaching. It's that simple. No assistant, no no uh, assistant principal or principal or superintendent could hit a, a subordinate or a, a another assistant or another principal or a student or a teacher and keep their job. They cannot right. do it. And here's the other thing: it goes back to Jay. First of all, Jay Billis had an article about officiating on ESPN and um, basically said it sucks. It sucks this year. One of the problems is, and I attribute. Uh, the some of the stuff for the Calipari, some of the stuff with Jawan Howard, they officials are letting the game get way too physical, way too physical. Yes. And yes. they need to. I know this is going to suck for the short term. And Jay Billis brought this up. Call more fouls right now. Make set the set the standard of, you know, this is where you call. We're going to call this because as the games go on, players will start to adjust. Now. In the first game, that there'll be 50 fouls, you know, or excuse me, the first week there'll be 50 fouls a game. I can live with that if they'll clean this game up. And I'm, I, I know we all love the days of the old NBA where if you went for a layup, you usually got hit in the groin and were impotent for the rest of your – those days are over. Just like targeting in football, those days are over. Let's get over that because now the guys are so big and so strong and the tensions get so high, and we're also in the day of social media when uh, people just love to talk trash every single minute of the day, that I think everybody's anxiety and anger is up in general. And so it leads right. to coaches slapping the hell out of assistant coaches who really weren't involved in it. So anyway, right. let me tell everybody about Bet Online. <laughs> Segway of the year. Um <clears throat> 
Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, like DeJuan Howard, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right up to Olympic coverage and information, even though that's over now, so no need to try to bet on that. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts, Jimmy. You know I've always said that. Now, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Look, I love these things. This is the time of year I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, not this year. I'm still eating my Built Bars. I'm doing right by myself. Built Bars are awesome. Have you tried the Puffs? They're fantastic. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the Built Bars' best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. That sounds like something out of a science fiction movie. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not a, just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb, all the highs that you want, all the lows that you want at Built.com. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. All one big giant conglomeration of words and letters and numbers uh, for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Jimmy. So, um, Big weekend for Alabama this past weekend. I know Alabama lost on the on the court men's basketball wise, and this will be a short segment. But uh, because we're not, we don't know a lot about these sports, and so I'm not going to pretend like I do. But best I can tell, the baseball team got a sweep over Xavier. Some of those games in dramatic fashion. That's nice. Start out three and zero, especially with number one Texas looming this weekend. Softball, they dominate in sweeping uh, in. Their match of Virginia Tech, uh, they and Virginia Tech was like ranked number eight or number eight. nine, or something, right? Yeah. That's right. Women's basketball, they win yep. at Texas A&M in double OT again. I'm, this isn't a women's basketball podcast. I'm not going to pretend it is. Right. Kudos to these ladies. I mean, they're they've they they're not turned it around, but they're getting better. And I'm getting to the point where I'm willing to give this coach another year or two. Is that crazy? So funny because I just mentioned something on the on three board, not like a not like a formal calling for firing, but a, a couple of games ago, uh, I was like, uh, "Is this it? I mean, ha, has this gone on too too long? I mean, the record's not good. I mean, the, the record's not good, and, and it hasn't been good. And, and and for the first time ever, suggesting that maybe it's time we start thinking about a change." They completely turn into a different team, and uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I, as everybody knows, I'm not the fire the coach uh, fan, and, and I only want to do that when, when, when you have to do that. And uh, heck, I, I, I'm, I'm impressed with with what they've done uh, the last couple games out, especially, especially the win over Tennessee. Uh, what the softball's doing is, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, I think uh, I added it up this morning. They are now nine and zero, and they have outscored their opponents, I believe, sixty-five to seven. Good lord, sixty-five to seven. And if you're like, well, it's early, it's non-conference games, they're just beating up teams. No, no, no. Three of the nine games have been against top ten teams. The score against top ten teams, fourteen to nothing. Uh, God, five of their nine games have been run rule games 
where they, they've had an eight-run lead, so they can't they call the game off uh, after five innings because the lead is too big and humiliating. They're pitching great. They're pitching four pitchers. All four have been great. They're raining home runs. Uh, and, and what's exciting is so much of it is newcomers. Uh, a couple of freshmen, Megan Bloodworth and Dallas Goodnight, have been unbelievable. And the two transfers, ironically, from Tennessee and Ohio State, does that sound like football? Uh, the, the transfers from Tennessee and Ohio State uh, have been fantastic. Uh, softball, unbelievable. Baseball sweeps Xavier. Uh, baseball won all three games. Give them a lot of credit for that, including the fun walk-off. Uh, baseball not doing it like softball, though. Uh, I think the baseball won 5-4, to 5-4, to four, and 9-4. to four. Uh, You know, they didn't exactly, you know, destroy Xavier over the weekend like the softball's been doing, but that's okay. It's a different, different, different sport different standard uh, that's been set there. And uh, I think baseball's off to a good start. We'll find out, as you pointed out, Luke, uh, we'll know exactly where baseball stands after next weekend on the road against the number one team in the country. Uh, I think just winning one of those three games would be uh, really good. Sorry, I had to take unmute myself. Uh, yep. I like, were you giving me a hand signal? I like that. Uh, I was, yeah, I, but I, I couldn't find my own camera. So <laughs> the camera's on here somewhere. Uh, I was going to say that, that I would definitely take one win this weekend. And that's going to lead us into our next segment about basketball. You have uh, an interesting poll up on the and three, on three, and three, on three, or whatever, on three. I've screwed that up. I'm trying to give you props and screwed it up. But on3.com, you have an interesting question. We're going to talk about that in the next segment right after this break. And if you're watching on video, it wasn't a break at all. But if you're listening on the podcast, it was a mild break. All right, Jimmy, you had a great question. I've always believed this, too. You said, I can't remember what it is verbatim, but something like, okay, in basketball, would you rather go 25 and 6 be a number three seed that gets bounced in the first round, uh, you know, you you win the league, whatever. Or would you rather be 18 and 14, be a seven seed and make it to the Sweet 16? And this is a no-brainer for me. I'd rather be 18 and 14, make it to the Sweet 16. Um, I know that sounds crazy because I'm a football guy. You know, I'm, I'm big on the regular season, but the regular season just isn't as important in basketball. It's the tournament. That's it. Every, you know what? Nobody remembers what UConn did in the regular season before they won the national championship as, what, an eight seed or a nine seed that year um, uh, when Kimba Walker went off. Nobody remembers that. They just remember Kimba Walker going off and winning the national championship. And then right. nobody remembers what the hell Loyola Mara, not uh, excuse me, uh, Loyola Chicago did in the regular season. They just know they made the Final Four. That's all that matters in the tournament. And that's why I don't want to expand football yet again because I love the regular season of football, but the regular season of basketball just ain't that big of a deal. Yeah, I'm with you. I think to nutshell it, yeah, I think I think the same way. Uh, I would rather be uh, have the Sweet 16 team that struggled uh, some during the regular season. Uh, I just think that the tournament is that is that important. It uh, it's everything. Now, when I say it's everything, I'll have this caveat. I think I might would take the outstanding regular season and a first round NCAA tournament loss. If I won my conference, if I won the sec and, and won the sec tournament, 
because uh, that way you're a champion. I mean, you got titles. You won titles. You won a great regular season title. You, you might have won the conference tournament title. Uh, that might that might be better than a Sweet 16 appearance. Um, if you so so I will I will put that caveat in. But based on the example that I laid out, uh, yes, uh, I, I do believe that winning. Uh, getting to the Sweet 16 is, is a bigger deal. And, and, and the reason that I ask that is I've seen too many negative posts on social media about how this season ha is, has not lived up to expectations. And that's what led me to like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What were the expectations? This season has only been disappointing if your expectation it was to win the SEC. Alabama's not going to do that. Alabama's not going to repeat as SEC champions. But I, I didn't predict Alabama to win the SEC. I don't think you did. I don't recall seeing any credible media source that picked Alabama to win the SEC. Kentucky was sort of the consensus pick to win the league. Uh, now Alabama's picked finished second and third, and Alabama's going to finish slightly short of that, maybe fourth, maybe fifth. But uh, Alabama's expectations can't be addressed, in my opinion, until the NCAA tournament is over. If this team loses in the first round of the NCAA tournament, then I will agree this season's been a disappointment. Too many losses, nothing to speak of that happened positively in the postseason. But we don't know yet what's going to. We don't know yet what's going to happen. In fact, I think we've seen enough from this team to where I personally will believe that we're going to make some noise in the NCAA tournament. I don't believe that we're going to be one and done in the NCAA tournament. I think it's possible, of course, but. I'm expecting to go to the NCAA tournament and win at least one game and very possibly two and get to the Sweet 16. And should we at that point, then the season is a raging success. I don't care what what the record was during the regular season. We played one of the toughest schedules of all time and got to the Sweet 16. Uh, it would make it one of the great seasons in Alabama history. So that's what kind of set me off on it and got me talking about it is what what were these expectations that people had i also posted on on three uh the other day about how look my expectations a year ago right when we lost to ucla i said alabama's gonna win the national championship next year i said that i believed it at the time that i wrote it but what happened since i wrote that we lost primo i didn't think we were losing josh right when we lost to ucla i did not think josh primo was gonna be a first round pick and burnett draft uh, my expectations changed when the roster changed. And then then beyond that, you lose Damari Burnett. Uh, and, and boy, have we missed Primo and Burnett? Add Ooh. those two guys to what we would have right now, and, and who knows where we would be because they're exactly what we've been missing, frankly. You know, a long oh. defender, uh, two great shooters. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, so my expectations changed when the roster changed. If y'all's expectations didn't change when the roster changed, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, go, go, go! Predict that uh, uh, that that Virginia is going to win the national football championship because you don't care about who's on the rosters, who's the actual players on the team that are gonna that are gonna try to achieve something. Uh, to me, the roster is the expectations. And uh, once Alabama lost Primo and Burnett, I thought, wow, this could still be a really good team that accomplishes some really good things but they're not going to win the national championship. They're probably not even going to win the SEC. And that's that's exactly what's happened. And they can still achieve great things 
per Alabama historical standards. One more uh, thought about this before we get out of here, but uh, you mentioned 2002 and winning the SEC. And I'll say this, though, that 2002 winning the SEC has a bit of a stank on it because we lost in the second round to Kent State and not even like at a buzzer beater. We lost 71 to 58. We got the hell beat out of us. I know Kent State went on to the Elite Eight. Don't care about that. Um, that 2002 team has a bit of an asterisk beside it. I mean, it's, winning the league was great, but if you remember, we lost the SEC uh, championship game in Atlanta to Mississippi State by three. We lost, I think, the regular season finale at Ole Miss by like 30, and then we get beat by Kent State, and all of a sudden it, it does put a bit of a damper on the season. It feels like you do all this work and you kick all this butt, and then you get in the, the big, big dance and you sort of flub it. But regardless. Jim, go ahead. No, I was going to say uh, this this week I'm going to rank the top 10 seasons in Alabama basketball history. It's certainly going to create some discussion. People will disagree with me. Of course they will. No one's going to say, oh, here's our top 10 seasons, and everyone that reads it goes, boy, he nailed that. He got that right, one through 10. No, everybody's going to have a different opinion. But, uh, but I am going to rank, okay, what have been the 10 best seasons we've ever had and I'm going to say, I say all the time, whenever I do rankings like this, I, I, I'm going to have as little subjective opinion as possible. In other words, there's not going to be a lot of Jimmy opinion in it outside of this. I'm going to come up with a point total for winning the SEC, a point total for winning the SEC tournament, a point total for winning a first round game, a second round game, a sweet 16 game. And, and I'm going to come up with like a, a, I want an objective test based on wins tournament wins, championships, and how you did in the NCAA tournament. And it's going to be heavily weighted with how you did in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and, and I'm going to come up with what are the 10 best seasons in, in that fashion. It's not just going to be Jimmy's subjective opinion that, well, that 91 team that lost to Loyola was better than the 02 team that won the SEC. No, I'm going to, I'm going to look at wins, championships, how you did in the NCAA tournament. Uh, that's going to determine the list for me. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, uh, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow, getting you ready for Bama-Vanderbilt, a game Alabama really needs in Nashville on Tuesday night. But until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight. <laughs> I always got to wait for you to do it, and you always forget. It's Alabama. Uh, that time, I was, that time I, I was already thinking about our next show. <laughs> hey, I think we could do a, a show after Vanderbilt.